This is Indie ColorCast, powered by Radio Kismet. This is Andrew Benioff with the Independent Lodging Congress for the Indie ColorCast project. Today, I'm happy to welcome Gula Yondistir. Gula is an award-winning designer and the owner and principal of her own architecture and design firm based in Los Angeles. Welcome, Gula. How are you? Thank you, Andrew. Nice to be here. Nice to talk with you today. I'm fine. How are you? Good. Uh, so you're actually not in LA though, right? You're, are you, you're in Iceland now? I'm in Reykjavik, Iceland, and it's snowing outside. Oh my gosh. Well, we're about to get a bunch of snow here on the, in the East Coast as well. It's mid-December 2020 when we're recording this. So we're about to be hit by a nor'easter, I think, tomorrow. We're going to get a little taste of what you're feeling right now. But tell me a little bit about it. You grew up in Reykjavik, Iceland. Were you artistic growing up? I did grow up here, and I grew up with a single mother and my grandparents. And my grandfather was an artist. He was a painter. So I think I just adored him so much that every day since I was three, I was drawing with him. So yes, I guess I was artistic. And whether these drawings were good or not, I don't know. But uh, I did enjoy spending time drawing since I was a kid. Well, that's fantastic. So what influenced you to make a move to California for architecture school? Very interesting. Uh, well, I was looking at different schools. So first I studied in Iceland, uh, mathematics and biology in college. And then I wanted to study architecture and I was looking at Berlin and Florence, never having been to America. But I took a summer job at the headmaster architect of Reykjavik, Iceland. And there was a young graduated architect that started working there. And she had just graduated from an amazing school in Los Angeles called SciArc. And I don't know, she just sort of inspired me to look into it. And I started looking at different schools in California and particularly that one. And I liked the idea and got in and moved to California. And I think I was about 19 years old and called my mother and said, hello, I'm moving to America. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, so you graduated from, and I think that's the Southern California Institute of Architecture with SciArc. That's correct. When you graduated, you applied for, and I guess we're up for two different positions, one with Frank Gehry, who's obviously extremely well-known, and another with Richard Meyer, obviously both world-renowned architects. What about the Richard Meyer position spoke to you? Because I think that's the one you went with, right? That's the one I went with, but honestly, Andrew, is because I got that job offer two weeks before I got the Frank Gehry oh, offer. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was brave enough to find it within myself to apply for these two amazing jobs because I only had a one-year working visa. I thought I would only stay a year. Mm-hmm. So the Richard Meyer job came came along, and I, they were working on the Getty Center Museum at the time. And I was super fascinated with that sort of style of Richard Meyer, which is very geometric. It's very peaceful. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I think I'm more inspired by something like Frank Gehry does. You know, it's interesting how we evolve but it was good to get that sort of first job basics with like the Getty was designed on a grid like 30 by 30 15 by 30 15 by 60 so it was all very geometrically pleasing and and you know not so organic as Frank Gehry is so I I ended up working there for about four years and it was an amazing experience and I learned a lot from the team and, and everybody. That's amazing it is interesting how how your design ethos evolves over time and is influenced by people that you work with or what you see. Has that happened to you a little bit? Yes, although I I probably was always 
inspired by nature and, and growing up in Iceland with quite a dramatic nature. I think that's still within me. So my, my true self maybe came out in these sort of more voluptuous shapes and forms um, later on. But in the beginning, I think it's very good to have sort of the mathematics and that geometry as a rule behind the, you know, more fluid poetic forms. So before you started your own firm, we'll go there in a second, but before you started your own firm, what was your favorite project that you worked on? Well, obviously the Getty Center Museum was an amazing project. So that was one of my favorites. And I still love going there to have brunch or see the art and, and all that. So it was a very good experience. An- another one was uh, something I worked on in Tokyo, not the project, but just the experience. The project was great too, but there was also this resort that I, I worked on with uh, Dot Mitchell Design called Cabo Azul. I was then sort of the vice president of his company, and I ended up living in Mexico during that time. And that brought me to be um, like a long, loving uh, love affair with Mexico. So there was an amazing resort on the beach in Cabo. So those two, before I started my own, were, were sort of different, but influenced me in, in, a, in a good way. How would you describe your design style? I think it's modern, but organic. It's fluid and it has movement to it, sometimes poetic. I feel like I always have to have a story behind every line and drawing and and shape. So um, it speaks to nature, but it also speaks to the environment that it's supposed to be in. And uh, yeah, I guess it's just modern, organic with a a sense of poetry to it that I tried to achieve at least. Oh, neat, neat. Talk to me a little bit about the Kimpton Lapeer Hotel in West Hollywood and the Atelier. That was one of your projects. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. Yes, actually one of my favorite projects now. So when I started my own firm, it was 2009. I was looking for an office space and I ended up finding a great studio, about 2,000 square feet or so, at 633 North Lapeer Drive. And it was a big parking lot with my studio and this one hut. So I rented the the space and the owner told me, um, the landlord who became a dear friend, he said, you can rent this space for, but only for four years because I do have a, a permit to build a hotel here, but I will hire you to design this hotel. So this all came into fruition. I was in the studio and, uh, had a great team. We started working on this project, which was supposed to be on this site. So it was great to be in the exact location and neighborhood of where this project was supposed to be built. And then, of course, while they started construction, I moved out. And uh, six months before we opened the hotel, I was walking the site, you know, through with the contractor like we always do. And, and there was this one space left out from my scope of work. And I said, wait, what is this space? And they're like, well, you know, this is a tenant improvement space. It'll probably be a coffee shop or something rented out to somebody else. And I stood in there and realized that it's exactly my old office space. Exactly. Because it was a big lot, right? So it was the right-hand corner of the hotel that faced the street. So I approached the owners of, of seeing if they could rent it to me as a, an atelier, like a gallery, because at that time I had started designing furniture. And I wanted to display it. I wanted to display other artists. So it ended up being my, my sort of gallery. And I moved back into my old office because I, I deeply cared about that neighborhood and the hotel. And, and that's sort of the story about the Lapeer Hotel and my, my atelier and how that all came 
beautifully together, like coming home, you know. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's really an unusual situation where you found a place to have an office and eventually that turned into one of your projects. Yeah, it was it was a unique uh, opportunity and, and very special. Your projects take you all, all around the world. Obviously, you're a pretty international person, grew up in Iceland, have lived and worked here in the U.S., and as you mentioned already, have worked in a number of other companies. Do you enjoy traveling frequently? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love traveling. It's one of my favorite things to do. And, and I'm lucky that my, my job allows me to do that. I, I love visiting different cultures and, and places and sort of immersing myself into that experience of what it's like to actually pretend to live there for a sec. Where do you typically stay when you're traveling? I usually stay in hotels unless I have really good friends, like in Paris or so. They insist on cooking for me and staying in their houses. So <laughs> I do that. But usually I'm just, you know, I, I guess either at friends' places or in hotels. I think I've only once in my life rented an Airbnb. Are, are you meaning like a particular hotel brand? No, or just no, just, general, just like an idea. Just what you're saying right now is interesting. Just sometimes at friends' places, sometimes in hotels. I just find it interesting to find out how different people are, you know, approach travel. I guess when I'm traveling, it's usually for business, right? And the days are sometimes very long. You're either visiting a job site or having many, many meetings. So I guess I never thought of renting a, an apartment and coming home to cook for myself. It's easier to get room service and, and have the hospitality of the hotels in that region. But that might change. You never know. No, that's interesting. When you're doing a project, especially in a, uh, an area that you don't know, if you're hired to do a I don't know, a hotel in South America or Asia or, or Europe or something, and maybe you haven't been there. What steps do you take to ensure that your design is authentic to that region, but also staying true to your personal style? Well, usually it's best to go visit the site before you start the project. Of course, this year has been challenging for that. Mm -hmm. But for example, I was starting a project in Lebanon and Beirut and I really wanted to go there to to see the site, to experience the, the culture and the nature there. So um, I tried to go. I think it's the most important thing. I mean, Google is great. You can do all the research you want, but unless you feel and smell the essence of, of that nature of that country, the culture and meet the local people, you don't really get the same. So I don't know. That's why traveling is so important. It, it makes us smarter and wiser and, and, uh, in the end, a better product. But in the meantime, we have to uh, rely on uh, research and, and books and the internet. Yeah, agreed. It'll be nice when we can get back out on the road again, you know? Um, that would be fantastic, I have to say. I mean, it's it's also nice to stay put and, and honestly, I haven't spent this much time in Iceland for 30 years. That must be great to spend time with your family. and Yes, it's been quite uh, precious. But I, I miss traveling. I really do. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We already talked about the Kimpton Lapeer, obviously, but do you have a, another favorite project since you started your own firm or one that you're particularly proud of? Well, speaking of, of Mexico, like we spoke about earlier, I um, after starting my own firm, I got a call from the, the same people that were involved uh, from the construction side in the Cabo Azul, and they asked me to be involved in a new hotel in Cabo by um, Auberge Resorts. Oh, wonderful. And I, of course, you know, said yes about 30 times because I, I just love this region and I, I love working there. And and that's one of my favorite projects. We did some of the public spaces and the, and the signature restaurant, Comal, at the Chileno Bay Resort. 
in Cabo. It's still one of my favorite uh, places. I, I go there to celebrate any occasion, my birthday, a weekend. <laughs> so it's easy from LA, right, to, to travel. But um, it's really, really wonderful. Another project that's really close to my heart and, and sort of opened up my eyes to a different kind of art, which was the, the culinary art. Um, I designed a two Michelin star restaurant in Paris for a famous chef called Jean-Francois Piège. And it's a very lovely restaurant with only 11 tables, but the food is divine. I, I think it changed my life forever <laughs> to have that food and family tasting before we open the restaurant. So the waiters have to train and, and, you know, serve people. So I was allowed to come, I think two nights in a row with some friends and eat a seven course meal. Something happened. Like, I don't know what happened to me, but that this was art, culinary art at its best. And, this project is still one of my absolute favorites. Of course, I have many others, like the Macau Roosevelt was a 400-room resort we did in Macau, China. It's fantastic to get to know the culture there and spend some time in Hong Kong. And this project uh, won an award from Interior Design Magazine Best Resort of the Year 2017. Wow, congratulations. It's very organic and uh, based on the, the local uh, flower uh, in Macau, the lotus. So these three are among my favorites, but of course, all of them are, you know. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's really uh, interesting. But you seem to continue to expand your expertise of artistic mediums from architecture, interior design to furniture design, and even a little bit of jewelry design. What inspires you to keep learning these new skills? Well, I just feel like there is no limit to creativity and they could be in any size or shape or, or form. I think a little bit of it is um, impatience of waiting five years for a building to get mm -hmm. done. So a piece of furniture would be a satisfying mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, thing to get done in two, three months. And uh, sometimes I design furniture because I can't find the piece that I want for the project and I design it. But then it became like a hobby, really a passion. And um, I started doing this limited edition furniture and, and I work with a gallery in New York called Wexler Gallery. And they represent my, my pieces of furniture. The jewelry was, um, it's only, you know, one piece so far, but I will do more when I have time. That was just purely for fun because I was looking at this one shape that I had designed as an entrance to a building and they did everything else but that sculptural entrance. And looking at the form in 3D, I said, hmm, that could be a very nice ring. So we ended up, you know, drawing it in 3D and sending it to a 3D printer. And, and he printed it in 3D in gold. Wow. So I still wear it and I gave it to all my friends. And, you know, so oh, that's um, super cool. That was just for fun, really. But, but I might continue it. Yeah, it sounds like you got your your hands in a lot of different stuff right now. So I can't imagine you have enough time to do all of these things, but that's amazing. That's the thing. I sometimes feel like I have plenty of time, but I there's only 24 hours, right? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I totally, totally agree. Are there people that you look up to in hospitality and design that really inspire you? I have many sort of idols, I guess, in my field. One of them is particularly Saha Hadid for her sort of organic and, and groundbreaking architecture, not necessarily in hospitality, but um, Herzog de Moron, I, I adore. I think they're so creative and, and amazing. Jean Nouvel, 
um, yeah, I have, I have many people that I, I absolutely look up to and respect what they do. For the hospitality side, there are so many fantastic people. And I, I like so many of those hotel brands, how they keep evolving themselves. And, and, and the beauty of staying in this hospitality business, as you know, Andrew, is there's so many nice people in this business. Like when we gather at these, you know, we would have been at your lodging conference in New York, right? These are people that are liking to travel. They like to talk to other people. They like hospitality and they're hospitable and they're, they're courteous and, and, and um, well-read and international thinking. And it's, it's really been a, a sort of a pleasure to get to know all these people in this business, I, I find. Yeah, I agree. Well, give us at least one example in hospitality of one of the brands that you particularly admire and enjoy following. I do like uh, very much the Auberge company. Mm-hmm. I think they're five star, but still think about wellness and some fun aspect and excellent, excellent service and always in a beautiful location. I do enjoy very much to work with, you know, more lifestyle boutique brands such as the Thompson and the Kimpton. They're fun and vibrant and, and fantastic people to work with. I, I work closely with Ave Bradley and, uh, and Carrie and um, many, many interesting people. And that brand is more, let's say, fashionable or cutting edge. So it's different. So I, I like to change it up a bit to keep myself on, on my toes. That's amazing. If a person who is perhaps getting into design, you know, for the first time or just starting out in the in the field of design, what advice would you give them? I think, first of all, good education in this field is, is good and it's important. I think then um, work hard, follow your passion and be fearless and, and, and know what your, what your strengths are. But I think the most important thing is to have fun with what you do because then everything else will come easily. This is not a desk job where you have to work from nine to five. This is sort of an all-nighter. Like this is a marriage for life. If you really, really love your job as a designer, as an architect, hospitality designer, it's most of our passions. It really, really is. So I think if you're passionate about it, then then go for it and, and you will succeed. That's fantastic. So before we end here today, Gula, I want to ask you one more thing, which is we've been obviously stuck I mean, and there are many positive things that you already alluded to because of COVID, but also there's just been a lot of upheaval in the world. You know, this year, 2020 has been a heck of a year. When hopefully COVID calms down and we're able to go back to at least some semblance of our previous lives, what's one of the things that you're really excited to go and do when everything calms down again? Well, I'm excited to have the the freedom to travel again and, and to see people and, and hug my friends and <laughs> and get to a lo- enjoy some some social circumstances i think also it'll be maybe a little bit different as far as choosing your your time and, and company but i don't know andrew i think i'm ready to travel i think i'm ready to see more of the world even more now than i was before yeah. you know i've been to italy let's say every year since i was six <laughs> but never thought about how important it is maybe to go to south america to go to vietnam but I think my curiosity is getting even stronger now because I've been in the same place now in, for six months. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand from a lot of people to go and explore. You've been in Reykjavik for a number of months now and with family. What's one of your family's favorite things to cook since you guys are 
I mean, I'm assuming you're mostly cooking at home. Is there is there something that's special that you guys really enjoy and and have fairly often? Yeah, well, the the fish here is amazing. So Iceland obviously is an island in the Atlantic, so the fish is very 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 good. Salmon particularly is is amazing, and um, and the lamb is the best in the world. I keep telling this even to friends from New Zealand, but it's it's organic and um, Sushi even is good here. So we, we cook mostly lamb or fish, honestly. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds really lovely. Maybe I'll have to come and visit Iceland at some point. I have not been there. I think you should. Absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you do like a small congress? Well, or how something? about we trade? I'll come and visit Iceland. You show me around and I'll bring you to Japan and I'll show you around there. How's that? Japan? Yes, of course. I love Japan. I lived in Tokyo, but I haven't traveled so much around the country. So yes, sounds like a good deal, yeah, Andrew. I've been go- I lived there for about five years and I've been going for about 30 years. So you know the country pretty well and be happy to show you around. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take you up on it. Listen, Gula, really been a pleasure to chat today. Thank you for joining us on Indie Colorcast and looking forward to seeing you in person when we're able to travel again. And hopefully next year in October, November, we'll have the Indie Congress in LA. So it'll be a quick walk from wherever you are. Thank you, Andrew, so much for having me on today. It was really a pleasure. See you soon, I hope. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. This is Indie Colorcast, powered by Radio Kismet. And I'm Andrew Benioff, founder and chairman of the Independent Lodging Congress. Indie Colorcast is where we explore independent hospitality, entrepreneurship, and society at large through conversations with leaders in our community of hoteliers, designers, and others to encourage idea generation and new ways of conducting meaningful business. Indie Colorcast.